Hello and welcome to the Two Dudes Football Podcast. I'm your host, Wyatt Fairman, alongside Ryan Pulsiver. Ryan, we're expanding our borders. We're trying something new. We have switched from a hockey podcast, which we're still operating, to a football podcast. Indeed we are. We talked about it. We're both fans of football and it's not like we've got a whole lot of hockey content going on right now, so we figured why not? Why not indeed? And we are starting a little bit late in the game, I guess you could say. Uh, recently, we've just endured week 12 of the National Football League's 2020-2021 football season. And we have some scores we can go over, some headlines, some news, as well as just strict conversation that could be had. I mean, we've got a lot we can talk about after what happened this week and, you know, every other part of the season. But I mean, there's certainly no shortage of content to talk about. Unfortunately, first, I think any listeners who may have should be able to understand who they're listening to. Um, me and Ryan are both very young, uh, 18 and are, are you 18 or are you 19? 18. Yeah, we're 18 respectively. And uh, we started out as two kids with a hockey podcast after getting into an argument. And now we're expanding to football. I'm a lifelong Kansas City Chiefs fan, not a fake fan, not a bandwagon. I've been a fan for 11 years so basically lifelong and ryan is a steelers fan correct not just a steelers fan because here's the thing it's you might hate me a little if i'm a steelers fan but i want to be everyone's enemy so not only am i a pittsburgh steelers fan but i also am a dallas cowboys fan oh no he didn't no he did not pittsburgh and dallas now, if you're wondering why, I should offer a little bit of explanation. I'm a Pittsburgh Penguins fan of the NHL. That is how I got into sports. So because of that, when I started following football, the first name I knew about was Ben Roethlisberger. That, combined with being a Pittsburgh fan, led me to being a Steelers fan. In case you're wondering, no, I do not like the Pirates. I hate the Pirates. My brother, on the <laughs> other hand, got into football as a Dallas fan, which meant I, lot of, I watched a lot of Dallas games. And then all over time, because of that, I also became a Dallas fan. And I'm experiencing the highs and lows of football right now, as I'm sure you can imagine. Well, it's hard to get much lower than Dallas this season, and it's hard to get much higher than Pittsburgh, who's undefeated. They've gone out to a great start, and they'll actually play Tuesday this week. That'll be December 1st, 2020. They are hosting the Ravens, a team everyone thought could be Super Bowl-bound this year. They're showing a 6-4 and four record. What do you think about this matchup? Uh, first and foremost, I think that they've handled this wrong. I mean, I get what they were going for. Like, I get the whole idea that you, know, you want to put the game off because of COVID cases. But when you consider what has happened with the Broncos, and I'm sure we'll touch on that later, this game should have already been played. And frankly, the Ravens, if the breakout is, because I think there's what, they're saying 18 players in the Ravens have it or something like that. Yeah. There's got to be some sort of discipline for that. Like, I'm sorry. Like, they punished, I think it was the Colts who got fined like half a million dollars in a seventh round pick for dancing in the locker room. It might have been somebody else, but it was one team. And the Ravens are going to get 18 cases and get off scot free. Little weird. Overall, I would not count the Ravens out of this game. I don't know who's going to be starting at quarterback at the end of the day, but the Ravens have a good team. They have a great rushing defense or rushing offense. Sorry. They have a good defense. They are better than a 6-14. and 14. They really are. And the Steelers, 
they're not quite as good as a 10-0 team. I could see this game going either way. I really could. At the end of the day, I think the Ravens are going to pull this off. I think those who are looking for entertainment will be pleased. If you don't have a dog in the fight, turn on the channel to NBC and watch a good football game. That's what we're going to have. Ben Roethlisberger isn't putting up MVP numbers by any means, but he's not putting up bad numbers either. Lamar Jackson, he's putting up okay numbers. We talked about before, uh, at least me and Ryan have personally, that Lamar isn't the Lamar we saw last year. He's not explosive. He's not dynamic. And we really thought he could elevate his game, but we've just not seen that this year. And it shows in their 6-4 and four record. But to your point exactly, the Ravens are 6-4, and four, the Steelers are 10-0, and 0, but that is not their identity. That's not what the coaches want their team to be known as. I think if you're the Steelers, you really want to be known as a team that can play anybody but not beat anybody. Make it competitive and add that little sense of wonder, that little sense of curiosity so it really builds not only competition for your team to get better, but maybe scares the other team a little bit more, if that makes sense. And as far as COVID is concerned, we've seen what's happened with Denver. They literally played a game, got blown out by the Saints, and you think that's a horrible thing to do, get blown out by a team, except they didn't have a starting quarterback the entire game. They had, what was it, a wide receiver play, like, emergency quarterback or something like that? A practice squad wide receiver. So he wasn't even on the team. Practice squad wide receiver comes in. And people were wondering, what about Colin Kaepernick? What about Tim Tebow? Uh, why couldn't they have stepped in? No, sign someone else. Well, that's the thing with COVID. You have to have a two-week waiting period. You saw earlier with Le'Veon Bell when he signed with the Chiefs, another thing we should probably talk about at some point. He had to wait two weeks to be able to not only play, but be involved with the team. It's an acclimation period to make sure you don't have COVID, to keep the players and coaches and their families all safe. I liked the rule, but it didn't work in Denver's favor. I don't think it would have mattered, to be honest with you. I don't think there are a lot of positions where you can kind of throw someone in without knowing the playbook. It's really hard two days before to sign a quarterback and just throw him into the action. That doesn't really work. So I think, A, even if they could have, they wouldn't have signed those two players. They would have signed somebody else. Let's not get ourselves. No one's signing Colin Kaepernick, and Tim Tebow is more baseball than football at this point. And, you know, whether or not they should sign Kaepernick or not, they're probably not going to. <sighs> I mean, there's not a whole lot on the market. There really isn't, but let's not let that distract you from the fact that this is the Broncos team that stood their own against the Miami Dolphins a week ago. Now, you hear that and you're like, well, the Dolphins, they're not that great. Well, they're not that bad. They're 7-4, and are they not? I believe so. They're definitely looking like a playoff team right now, which is not a statement. Yeah, seven and four. Not a statement I would have believed heading into this season, but I mean, two has had that effect. I mean, so has Fitzpatrick and the rest of the team, but uh, uh, Fitz magic, Fitz magic, get it right. Fitz, Fitzception, actually. Well, whatever you call them, it's working for them. The beard is rolling in Miami, and they're still one game behind Buffalo and trying to stave off those. Uh, creepy, creeping New England Patriots led by Bill Belichick, you know, just a casual six-time Lombardi trophy winner. What do you think about this Patriots team and Cam Newton? No, not happening. I'm sorry, I will say this as kindly as I can. They're not a playoff team. I get I guess that they're five and six. They beat the Cardinals, who are in a little bit of an underrated free fall right now. 
Like, I understand that. I understand that there's little question of what they can do. Cam Newton passed for 84 yards in this game. They don't have a quarterback. And, you know, the Cardinals and their high-flying offense mustered 17 points. That's it, including zero in the second and third quarter. Did the Patriots beat the Cardinals or did the Cardinals beat themselves? At the end of the day, it simply was not a good performance by the Cardinals. They do not have a quarterback who can throw the ball. You know, their best runner had 14 attempts for 47 yards in Harris. That's not a recipe for success. I mean, even if this team makes the playoffs, which they won't, they're going to get killed. This team stands no chance. I like Belichick. I think he is the greatest coach of all time. I don't think that's up for debate right now. I think if you give him any quarterback who can throw the ball, then I think they could be in a playoff spot. They don't have a quarterback who can throw the ball. They just don't. And that's another issue. You have Julian Edelman wide out. You don't have Gronkowski anymore. You're not a bad team at receiver, but you also aren't superstar stacked. The Patriots never have been superstar stacked. They've been close. They've signed big-name players. They've had Gronk. They've had Edelman for a long time. They've had Antonio Brown for, what, a couple of games? One but game. One game. Excuse me. And did he not score a touchdown in that game? I think so. I think he had like 50 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. And, of course, he's back with the Bucks, which is another thing we can talk about. But Bill Belichick has worked with what he's got. He's always been able to manage low depth chart, low wide receivers, tight ends, whatever it is. Injured Gronk, he can handle that. They won a Super Bowl without Gronk. He was injured, if you remember. They came back 25 points and won a Super Bowl without Gronkowski. That's Belichick. But you don't have Belichick without Brady, and Brady is tearing it up in Tampa Bay, or at least trying to. Doing better. I wouldn't say tearing it up, but doing better. Well, let's face it. The Chiefs should have lost that game straight up. They they had it in their hands. They should have blown them out to begin with. And then the second they changed their tune, they changed their attitude, they let down their guard, all of a sudden it's a three-point game. You let Tampa Bay score 14 points in the fourth quarter. That's not good coaching. That's not good execution. And we're starting to see that little Super Bowl champion ego come out of the Chiefs. I mean – to be fair, I would argue that a lot of teams do that. Like, yeah, you want to see a better performance than that, but I mean, listen, you're dealing with a team that has been wildly inconsistent. Because let's not kid ourselves, Brady hasn't exactly been great. And this team has at times, I mean, they scored three points against the Saints. That was it. They scored the same amount of points against the Saints that the Broncos did with no quarterback. That's a good point. Like, this is not a team that you look at and scream consistency. They don't always seem like they're clicking. So I don't necessarily know that it was, oh, the Chiefs were playing down to their competition. No, it's arrogant. I think they just turned it on. I really they just really... think the Broncos or the Buccaneers were able to just get it going in that fourth quarter. Well, what we did see out of Kansas City was they can strike at will. They scored, what was it, 17, no, 20 points in the first half. Scored another touchdown after that as well. But listen to these stats. Mahomes threw over 230 yards, and Tyreek Hill caught over 200 yards in the first quarter alone. 
Mahomes threw for over 460 yards over the course of the entire game and still didn't get enough fancy points to win, but I'm not salty about that. (laughs) They were clicking on all cylinders. And then you just run into a brick wall that says Tom Brady. And Tom Brady comes back as he does and still can't get there. This is a Chiefs team that may be a little bit arrogant, may let their guard down a little bit from here to there, get slapped around by the Raiders and somehow find a way to win. But they're good. They can strike at will. Whenever Andy Reid wants to pull the trigger, it's another Kansas City touchdown. I don't see anybody in that AFC West that's any type of competition, even the Las Vegas Raiders. And I think the Raiders are a good little team, but I mean, they aren't, they aren't this. No, and they're not. They and I lost 43 to six to the Falcons. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Falcons are on the rise, but they're not, they're too far down, you know? They do it every year. They struggle at the beginning of the year, and then go on a big winning streak. Everyone's happy, and then they struggle at the beginning of the year. Yep. It's the yearly thing for them since their Super Bowl performance. But as far as the writers are concerned, I think you also said that perfectly. They're a great or a good little team, you know? No one's denying they have talent, but they're not your big-name competitors. You might get one or two primetime games out of them in a season, and they could be interesting, they could be scary, but at the end of the day, no one really cares. They're 6-5, and 3-1 and one in their division, the same record as the Chiefs in their division, but they're 6-5 and five when the Chiefs are 10-1. and one. Kansas City is getting it done when Las Vegas is not. Yeah, but again, here's the thing. What did you expect Las Vegas to do at the beginning of this year? Nothing. Exactly. At the end of the day, if they can squeak into the playoffs and may- and lose in the wild card, that's not a bad year for this team. If they do that, that is far more than any of us expected. It is far more than any of us thought John Gruden was going to be capable of. Like I get that this team's not winning a Super Bowl. Um, they've established that Derek Carr is probably their guy. They've shown that he definitely can be their guy. If they want to go with him, they've got a competent NFL starter, which for the last couple of years, some people doubted. They've shown that they have young pieces. Some of their drafting has gone well. Josh Jacobs has been a phenomenal pick. Everyone doubted phenomenal. that. You know, he, was a, he wasn't a pick that everyone agreed with. He was. They said he reached for him, and maybe they did, but he's done everything advertised to him. So this team has shown that they can draft, they can develop. They you know use the trades of Cleo Mack, and Amari uh, Cooper, which, no, they probably didn't get adequate value for those players, but they've still used what they've got well. This is not the year that I'm curious about for the Raiders. It's next year. Build on what they've done, add in free agency, fix whatever holes that they feel they have. This Raiders team doesn't need to make the playoffs this year, and if they do, it's a wonderful surprise in the first year in Las Vegas. But otherwise, I mean, whatever happens, I think they've out on expectations and frankly I think it's been a good year for him so I'm not too worried about playoffs or not or Super Bowl or not sometimes just being good is enough sometimes being good is enough and we got to keep in mind the playoff format this year is different than ones in years past three wild card teams only one team gets a first round bye and if Pittsburgh can hang on for dear life that's looking like it could be theirs it's likely going to be theirs or Kansas City's. I don't see it going to a three-loss team, but you never know. Speaking of three-loss, four-loss teams, let's look at that AFC South division real quick. 
All right, follow me for a second. The floor in that division is the one in 10 Jacksonville Jaguars who just fired their general manager. Almost beat the Browns, too. Almost beat the Browns, but is one in 10 and just fired their general manager. Then you have the Houston Texans who are four and seven. That team's. Since Bill has left, they've been a lot better, but it's again, it's going to be too little, too late. When you have seven losses and you're only 12 weeks into the season, it very much is too little, too late. You can go on a five game win streak and still have to face the music of not being a playoff contender because the honest truth is the only nine and seven team that can make the playoffs is the Tennessee Titans, who topped that division at eight and three. I, I'm not necessarily. I mean, the odds are against the 9-17 and this year, but I wouldn't rule it out. I was just being sarcastic towards the Titans, who had, until this year, looked like they are going to go 9-7 and for five straight seasons. This year, they're 8-3, and chilling at the top of the AFC South, and they seem to have things rolling. But what are your thoughts? I mean, 9-7 and isn't over until they get that 10th win. That's all I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> I love this team. I love this team. I think they're a remarkable team. I think they have everything they need to challenge Pittsburgh and to challenge the Chiefs. And I know, I mean, they beat they beat the Patriots last year. They gave Lamar Jackson a beating. This team is a playoff, like, warrior team. It's not like they're a team that, oh, yeah, you know, they're good, but will they perform in the playoffs the way that we looked at a team like the Raiders? This is a team that we've seen succeed. This is a team that realistically, like I look through this the entire AFC and I'm trying to find a team other than Pittsburgh and other than Kansas City who's better than them. I can't. No one in the AFC East. Ravens haven't performed it, but they could be. No one in the South. No one else in the West. I mean, at the end of the day. And the Ravens lost. The Ravens lost to the Titans a couple weeks ago, may I remind you. Oh, yes, that's right, too. I mean, this team, they are the clear third team in this in this race. And I mean, they could be a clear second team, depending on what happens with Pittsburgh and Kansas city. Uh, Pittsburgh would have to fall a pretty long. They have a couple more weeks of being one or two. I think even if Kansas city blow, or even if Baltimore blows them out of the water, I would still put Steelers above Tennessee for now. They've got some time. They've got some time to work with before I start looking at them as a third seed. But I mean, I'm not sure that the difference between these three teams is big. You know, you look, you look at this and you can easily just go, oh, well, it's Kansas City's conference. Simple. I, when I see Tennessee in that conference, I, I disagree. I don't know that anyone's stopping Derrick Henry. Ryan Danahill is a very good option for what they use him for. They've got a talented receiving core, talented defense. This is exactly the type of team that can win a Super Bowl. Well, I hate to shift gears on you, but I do want to head into something something I call the unmentionables. I know that's a sketchy word to say. However, I'm referring to teams that literally have no shot at playoffs, no relevance. No one loves them in the media world. Let's just review these teams starting in the AFC. New York Jets, 0-11. and 11. Cincinnati Bengals, 2-8-1. and 1. Jacksonville Jaguars, 1-10. Los Angeles Chargers, three and eight. The entire NFC East. Um, and then the Detroit Lions, four and seven. 
and the Carolina Panthers four and eight, San Francisco 49ers five and six. I mentioned a few of those teams actually do have quite a good shot to make the playoffs, but they're still bottom of their division as of now. I want to hear your thoughts on what I've just said, Ryan. All right. I'll quickly brush through every team here. Jets, they're mathematically eliminated. Uh, trade Darnold to the Steelers, please. I would love him. I think he'd be great in the Steelers uniform. Not fire gaze. Get rid of him. Shoot him out of a cannon, whatever. Um, Cincinnati, if they... No, nothing. There's nothing to defend here. Burrow's gone at this point. You're just claiming whatever high draft pick you can get and then figuring out how to boost your offensive line. Cincinnati's done. Jacksonville, mathematically eliminated. Hard to say anything about them. They just cleaned house. Is Gardner Minshew really the answer on this team? I'm thinking no. Jake Luton. Absolutely no. Jake Luton definitely isn't the answer. I don't know where this team goes. Chargers are dead on arrival. You know, Herbert is doing everything he can to carry this team. They've got a bright future. They really shouldn't be this bad, but they are. Uh, Denver is dead to me, especially after, you know, everything that's happened here. Drew Locke might not be the answer, probably not the answer realistically. And I don't know where this team goes from here. I don't know about that, man. Drew Locke, let's let's give him a little bit more time, a little bit more development. I know he's had a lot more. He's had more than Patrick Mahomes had, more than a lot of these sophomore riser quarterbacks have had. But he's Drew Locke, and he's had some injury troubles. Don't count Denver out. As far as what you were saying about the Chargers, I'm not disappointed in their 3-8 and record. Did they – underperform our expectations maybe a little bit but i'm more disappointed in how bad those navy blue uniforms looked on television the other day i mean we saw them for the first time and i thought they were great and they were hideous i mean to be fair it wasn't the ugliest thing you see when you watch the chargers play the ugliest thing you see when you watch the chargers play is the chargers okay that's a good that's a good point (laughs) that's actually a very good roast uh, can continue. I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, with Drew Locke, he's not bad. I see him as maybe a Nick Foles or a Ryan Fitzpatrick who kind of bash. He doesn't scream to me like a franchise quarterback. He screams to me as a guy who can definitely play games in the heat of the moment. Maybe a platoon type of guy. Maybe a Tyrod Taylor, except a little better. I don't know that I would bet on trying to win a Super Bowl with this player, but that's just me. Uh, I'm going to get the NFC East last because that's the biggest conversation. Detroit's dead on arrival. I mean, trade Matt Stafford. Give him something, guys. Give him a playoff team, please. Like, he deserves better than this. I don't know where that team goes from there. Chicago, I'm going to mark them as dead because they were 4-1 and they were 5-6. and They don't have a quarterback. Their backup quarterback is also bad, whoever you want to consider that, Foles or Trubisky. Their coaching is absolutely atrocious. They have no offensive weapons. They're on it. They're such a bad team. They're on a five-game losing streak. It's like I don't know how they could turn this around. I really don't. This team is, as far as I'm concerned, they could lose every other game, and I wouldn't doubt it. It's just that's what Chicago does. Uh, Panthers and Falcons are both dead. I'm a little disappointed in Carolina. I expected better from them. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater has proven to me that he is exactly what we hoped he would be. Not an elite quarterback, but not a bad one either. Solid guy. Yeah. Gets the job yeah. done. Again, he's not someone I would... If I was Kansas City trying to make a Super Bowl run, he's not the first person I would call. But, I mean, 
he can get you to the playoffs if you give him a good enough form. Maybe win a few games. Nothing wrong there. Uh, Falcons, I don't know what you do with this team. It's oh. it's time to trade Julio, and it's time to trade Ryan. Like It's time to just cut both ties. It's over. One, I don't think you can trade Ryan at this point. He's getting up there as well as the other older quarterbacks in the league. Two, Julio is your best player, bar none. Yeah. Um, Gurley isn't who they thought he was going to be. Gurley is just trash this season. Yeah, he's a, the Buccaneers. He's a low risk investment though, so that's not too bad. Maybe a little bit of one, but still, you don't have a run game, and you still have the Buccaneers who are hanging on to dear life, sitting right above them, seven and five. Like I don't know what direction this Falcons team can go but down, and they have proven themselves that that's the direction they want to go. So what? You blow out the Vegas Raiders. Good for you. Uh, they're possibly not a playoff team either. It's it's concerning to me. As far as Carolina is concerned, don't diss the Panthers just yet. Not just yet. Yeah, I understand they're four and eight, but every single game that they played in, for the most part, has not only been close; it's been really close. And Teddy Bridgewater has done an excellent job with what he has. You may argue that PJ Walker's a better quarterback, what have you. I don't really care about that. It's just whoever can get the job done, and they're both doing it pretty well about now, even with a 4-8 and eight record. I don't know how Coach Rule wants to take this approach next season if there's going to be like media pressure on him or just on the players in general. I don't know. I don't know what comes for the Panthers in the upcoming weeks, but don't diss them just yet. And we know the Saints 9-2, and two, possibly a top 3-4 team in the league. All things considered. Yeah, and I mean, I, I like the way the Panthers are doing things. I think they should be better than they are right now, but they're clearly still a couple pieces away from being competitive. I like Matt Rule. I think he's doing a good job. I don't know. I think this team's closer than some people think they are. I think they're definitely, like you said, better than an 8-4 record, but I don't know. It's hard. It's hard for me to you know, look at this season as a positive when it's like, well, they could be in a playoff spot right now. I think they could be. And the last team we'll go over before we get to the dreaded NFC East, uh, the 49ers, hard to fault them on anything. Half of their team is injured all the time. No Garoppolo, no Bosa. There's not really a whole lot that they can do. You got to look at how you're going to you know, rebuild from this, how you're going to reset, because, I mean, obviously you want to do better than this next year. This can't be the acceptable norm. Super Bowl hangover, whatever you want to call it, hasn't been a good enough year. But honestly, can we really fault them? Like, can we really look at this team and their injuries and, like, fault them? Uh, I, I would say the not so fast on you there. I will quote Lee Corso and say not so fast on these dreaded San Francisco 49ers because – they're five and six without half their team, not due to COVID, but to injuries. And they just beat the team that was top of the NFC West in the Los Angeles Rams last night on primetime. And it may have been a fairly close game, but it really seemed like San Francisco's game all the way through. Do they have a chance for playoffs? Not with Seattle, Arizona, and LA, but they're a good team. They're a competitor to anyone who will play them. Super Bowl hangover. Maybe. I don't think we can fault them either. And I think we're going to see a lot of improvement from Kyle Shanahan's team and how they run things. 
And yeah, but it's also that thing. Well, yeah, they're a good team. But they went to the Super Bowl last year. You know, you need to be better. Nick Mullins was supposed to be one of the best backups in the league. He hasn't been horrible from what I actually haven't followed him as much as I want to. But I mean, you're supposed to have one of the better backup options in the league. In theory, the Garoppolo injury shouldn't have hurt them as much as it has. I think coaching is a little bit default here. I think that they're in their own heads a little bit. They're still a good team. But again, that's a team I look at and I say, well, they could be in the playoffs. And especially where we're kind of seeing the Cardinals start to fall a little bit. They still could. like If they could get themselves going a little bit, they'd still have a shot. I just can't see them doing it in a meaningful enough way. Yeah, especially with Seattle right there at the top of your division. Seattle, it's, in my opinion, their NFC championship to lose at this point. New Orleans is good. New Orleans is good. They're scary. I don't think they're the Seahawks. They're not as mobile. They're not as dynamic. And the records can say what they want to say. I think Seattle's the better team, personally. Uh, The Packers aren't all the way there. They never are all the way there, especially playing in the NFC North, which is – Right now, almost an atrocity of a division, not near as bad as the one we're about to get to. And the Saints, they're a very competitive team, but they're just not built like the Seahawks. I think this is the Seahawks' NFC Championship to lose, in my opinion. What about yours? I'm going to be honest. I'm not all that sold on the Seahawks because I'm not sold on their defense. Their defense is bad. It's just bad. I mean... Like, honestly, like, I don't know. Like you look at, let's say, their division for a minute, because that's, we'll compare to their division here for a minute. They have allowed 287 points. The next worst in their division is the Cardinals at 258. Okay. So let's hold on to that stat. 287. Let's go to the NFC East. That the only team who has allowed more points in the NFC East, which is the worst division in football, is the Dallas Cowboys with 359. Oh my God. That team is sad. This team can't defend 287 allowed new orleans just 225 and new orleans has scored more points statistically not a great sign packers they have scored more points they have actually allowed a pretty similar amount of points uh four less than what seattle allowed when you look at it on a purely statistical basis seattle's not the team to beat they're I mean, you can argue that the stats don't tell the whole story, and fair enough. That is a fair enough statement to me. But I'm not sure how well, because Russell Wilson has struggled a little bit in recent weeks. He hasn't exactly been his top form. I don't know how you look at Seattle right now and say they're the team to beat. I just, I don't see it. Their offense needs a little bit of work to get back on track. Simple enough. You can do that pretty easily. You have to do it first. I need to see them rattle off a few impressive wins. It starts tonight. They need to massacre the Eagles because as we're recording this, the Eagles and Seahawks have not played yet. They are playing tonight. They need to win that game by a lot, and their defense needs to shut Carson Wentz down, which is not a hard thing to do. If they can do that, it's it shouldn't. Oh, be it's a not a hard thing to do. thing to do. It's just a question of are they good enough to do it. And at the end of the day, if they can really stick it to the Eagles then maybe you can talk to me about that. But until that happens, I'm simply not interested in that conversation because I don't think it's true. If I had to pick one team, I'm taking the well, I Well, unlike you, I am interested in that conversation. And my favorite quote from everything you just said is that the stats don't tell the whole story because you bet your butt they don't tell the whole story. 
Let's look over at the scoreboard and see how they've done the first 11 weeks. They have three losses, but regardless of one, if you take aside the 23 to 16 loss to LA two weeks ago, their second lowest point total they've scored, 26. Who cares if their defense is bad? If you're putting up these numbers week after week after week, they're scoring 30 points like it's nothing. And their defense is hanging in there when they need to hang in there. And plus, they're a growing defense. They have Bobby Wagner, of course, but Trayvon Diggs in the backfield, the guy's a future stud. Just wait and watch the Seattle team grow and watch them possibly take this thing to a Super Bowl. We'll see. I don't think they're I don't think they're worse than the Saints. I don't think the Saints are as good as the Seahawks, honestly. So I'll put that as a wait and see. I'm not going to set my flag in the ground, but you're right. They need they need to beat the Eagles, which isn't a hard thing to do. But I do we'll agree see. with you that this the Seattle defense is going to grow at some point. Jamal Adams has to be better than he's been, as he hasn't been great. I mean, but do we think that's going to happen this year? That's my question. Is this something that changes this year? Next year, you can look at that team and tell me it's the most complete team in football, and maybe you've got an argument there. Right now, I don't see that from this team. I see them as a heavy offensive team that are going to have to play against some real stingy defenses later on, and not necessarily the Saints. The Saints are actually the Saints are pretty good on defense, but I mean, they're they're still better in the league out there. You know, eventually they're going to have to come up against teams who are going to be there to shut them down defensively, and they're going to you know maybe they'll pull that off. Maybe Russell Wilson will beat them at that. Hard to say, right? We don't know yet. That's that's a ways away. But let's say, for example, they match up against a team like the Steelers, who have done really well on defense. And, you know, argue schedule, argue whatever you want. They're one of, like, the only teams in this league to have surrendered less than 200 points against. Yes, the Steelers' defense, bar none, because if you're an NFL team, you have to be at least some type of athletic or good. Steelers' defense is not only stingy, it's very, very... Let's say they go up against the Steelers, and obviously... Theoretically, if they went up against the Steelers, I know that they'd be in the Super Bowl, but let's put that aside for a quick second. Because the Steelers are simply my best example. Is Russell Wilson going to put up 30 points against that Steelers defense? Mm, I mean, it's possible. No. Russell Wilson's a heck of a quarterback. It's possible. But I wouldn't look at that and put money on it. Now, do you put the Steelers offense on the field and do the Steelers offense put up 30 points against the Seahawks defense? That's bad. Yeah, I would put money on that. And again, Steelers are an example that they're 10-0. and 0, And of course, you know, they're in the AFC, so it doesn't entirely work for the comparison. But there are just certain teams that I think if Seattle goes up against, I think those teams can shut them down without any issue. The New Orleans defense has been pretty stingy. They've only given up 225 points. They could be that team that is stingy enough to shut them down. If it's not New Orleans, nobody's doing it. Let me make that clear. I don't think anyone but New Orleans can take down Seattle because I think New Orleans defense is the only one that can really hang with Russell Wilson. But I think New Orleans can hang with Russell Wilson. I think they're a good second-choice team. I think Packers defense will get obliterated by them, to be honest with you. I'm... I've got to say, yeah. like, if I'm looking at this, I think they're the second team, which, again, is a still really good spot to be in. But I can't say they're my number one. It's good enough. I'm with you all the way. Uh, 
A little concerning for the Dolphins. I'm not throwing them out just yet, of course. I think they're a very good, very talented team. We'll, see, we'll just have to see where they go from there. Uh, but what about the Bengals? No, right now they're looking like the worst team in the league compared to what we thought priorly was the worst team in the league. The next game I want to jump into, the New York Jets put up a lot sorry, put up a strong fight against the uh not Oakland, Las Vegas Raiders, who are now seven and five. They get the three point win with a crazy last second touchdown over the Jets. That game was thirty one to twenty eight. Were you expecting that? I want to defend before I answer the question, was I expecting the Jets to lose? Yes. Am I a little concerned by the Raiders here? Yes. I want to defend Greg Williams a little bit here because, you know, he calls a blitz on, you know, end of game, you know, up by one score. And people, of course, look at him and go, wow, what a horrible move. And he gets axed. Fair enough. He's on, he's on the Jets. That's cool. But when you actually start looking into what he did, the play makes sense. Uh, it was a third down situation, and they had they had done blitzes on car. I think it was either six or eight times, and he had zero completions through the rest of that game. He was skittish. He was scared. It was not working. They had a way to disrupt him with pressure. That was their goal. And if you watch a lot of footage, you'll note Williams is a blitzing defensive coordinator. He loves his blitzes. He loves blitzing. He loves pressure. You know, this is an in-style play call for him. You know, you can argue situational awareness, and I'm not going to disagree. You can argue that he should have been fired for being on the Jets, and I'm going to agree with you because he's on the Jets. <laughs> but, I mean, it's interesting because you see the reaction on social media and everyone's slamming the Jets for this, and it's this, oh, well, they're they're trying to lose for Trevor. I don't think so. You got to be uh, – you got to be a real good car salesman to convince a defensive coordinator to intentionally call a horrible play so that the team loses so you can fire him so you can draft a player on the offensive side of the football. You better be one smooth human being if you think you're going to pull that off. That being said, (sighs) don't call a blitz on third down, please. (laughs) Yeah, I like what you mentioned earlier, though, because – It obviously wasn't the right play, but this is Greg Williams' bread and butter right here. When you're in a pressuring situation, sometimes you just want to go back to the things that make it all feel better. And to him, what makes it all feel better is rushing all 12 guys you got on one poor dude throwing the ball to any open receiver he chooses. Now, obviously, I get that's that's an exaggeration. But was this Greg Williams' fault? Eh, Probably. But this is a Jets team that is oh. And 12. You know, a last-second play by the Raiders doesn't change the record they have now. This is a sad performance by the New York Jets. And I don't think they're trying to tank for Trevor or whatever you want to call it because you don't put up four touchdowns on a team you were expected to lose to by four touchdowns. You know? (laughs) Like, this is completely new terrain for a Jets team that needs confidence, that needs to see something. No, something's got to give for this New York Jets team. And they were so close, but not quite. And on the other side, John Gruden's team, be ashamed, honestly. Like, I get I'm a Raiders hater, so what? If, you, if you're a Raiders fan, I love you. Like, 
best wishes to your team. As far as me, I don't like the Raiders. Um, but be ashamed. The New York Jets, and you only win because the defensive coordinator of the other team let the moment get to him. I mean, wow. Wow, wow, wow. And I'll say it one more time, Ryan. Wow. You know, it, they're a weird team. It's hard to predict what this Raiders team is going to do. You know, who? it's the question of who does this say more about to you? Does this say more about the Raiders or more about the Jets? Jets. Jets, easy for me. This is a team that really, really just wants something. You know, they are looking at a rebuild, and who knows what comes with that. Hopefully, it's the firing of Adam Gase, who's done absolutely nothing for them. But they want something for their fans. Now, all the hype is around the Giants. What happens if you're in a big city and everybody wants the Giants to win – and nobody wants the Jets to win as well. There were parties at bars where people were rooting for the Jets to lose so they could get Trevor. This is a, a, an organization's fan base that wants to lose so they can see better days in the future. These players say, hey, not, not so fast. We want a moment for ourselves. We want to get something rolling. It means more to the Jets, and it tells us more about this Jets team. Don't count them out just yet. All right, before we move on from the Jets, I got one more question for you. And this is one I've been thinking about for a little while. So we obviously saw the Cleveland Browns and their, let's say this nicely, disastrous 0-16 season. Yeah. And now we're looking at the Jets, who are 0-12, and they're looking at an 0-16 season. Is this going to be something we see more often? Like, are we hitting a point now where teams are – either A, so incompetently run in the case of the Jets or in the case of the Browns, so willingly open to destroying everything and tanking like there's no tomorrow. Are we going to see more in 016 teams? Like, are there going to be more winless seasons or are the Jets and Browns just two groups of absolute suck who happen to be close together? Well, let's not declare this a winless season for the Jets just No, not yet. I mean, they're going to win this next week. Uh, they're going to lose this next week against Seattle, excuse me, in, in my opinion. But I think what we need to focus on is these are football players that want to win. Regardless of the team, the motivation to win is there. It comes up in the offices and the coaches. It's not the Browns' fault they went 0-16. It's Hugh Jackson's. It's not the Jets' fault that they're 0-12. It's Adam Gase's. And it's as simple as that. Put Brian Flores, Mike Tomlin, Andy Reid, Bill Belichick. Give them these teams, and they'll at least have squeaked out one win, in my opinion. This is strictly on the coaching here for the Jets. So will we see more of this in the future? Well, GMs, owners, don't pick crappy head coaches. That's I can't answer that. Only you can answer that question, and I hope you will answer it shortly, and I hope the answer is no. I think for the sake of the memes, I hope the answer is yes. I love laughing at teams. Oh, very fair enough. Fair enough. Um, next game, Jaguars and Vikings went to overtime. The Jaguars lost by a field goal in overtime, twenty-seven to twenty-four. They are now one and eleven, while the Vikings cruise at six and six. Thoughts? Vikings are pretenders. They're in a playoff spot right now. It took them overtime to beat the Jaguars, who were honestly just as bad as the Jets are. And I'm pretty sure they're still playing Jake Luton, not even Gardner Minshew. You know, 
the Vikings might squeak into a playoff berth. They don't deserve it. Kirk Cousins has not proven to me he's anything different than what we've been saying. The media has been saying he is for years. You know, great. He's got probably one of the best one-two punches in the league in Thielen and Jefferson. And he still actually wasn't Thielen out with COVID, though. I I don't know if it was COVID specifically, but I think he was sick. So, yeah. I think he might have had COVID. So, maybe it was just Jefferson. But still, he's got the most dynamic rookie receiver in the league. Solid tight end. Like, Kirk has the weapons to succeed. And it took him over time to beat the Jaguars. Like, sorry, he's what we think he is. He is a guy who you can put on a team like the Jaguars and give you competent enough play to get you through a season. Minnesota fans, you're not winning a Super Bowl with him. Yeah, Minnesota, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Minnesota, but when it comes to Kirk Cousins, I don't like that, okay? I'm sorry. I just don't like that. And the Jaguars are a bad team, okay? They have the will to win, like all teams, yada, yada, yada. They're 1-11. It honestly could be 0-12 with the Jets. They just... No, they got lucky that one game. But the Vikings, I did expect a little bit better from them, but they're still a first-round exit, in my opinion. They're 6-6 six and six for now. We'll see what happens. Next game, Browns, Titans. Let's talk about it. This is important because the Browns were up 31 points, and the score at the end was 41-35 to 35 Cleveland. Does that throw any red flags to you, Ryan? I mean, yes, but no. It's a little unfair to look at it and just go, oh, well, they collapsed. A lot of teams play defensive. A lot of teams kind of throw in the towel and they get up by a lot. It's kind of just a coaching thing that you got to make sure your players stay aware. I'll give them that they didn't fully blow it. I'll give them that. They managed to hold on. Definitely worrying. But you're again, you're dealing with Derrick Henry. So the defense, no matter what, is going to be under a lot of strain. The offense is raining it in a little bit. Uh, I'm not sold on the Baker Mayfield hype yet. I know we're, you know, at that stage of the Baker cycle where everyone's excited about him. I'm not that high on him. He's all right. He's not great. Uh, you know, they're a legitimate team. They showed that they flexed 28 points in the second quarter. It's very hard to argue with that. But I don't know where I feel with this team. I don't hold their blowing of a lead against them. I'm willing to say whatever and throw that to the side for now. But I'm not sure what they'll do with Baker. I'm very interested. I'd like to see what he does in the postseason at this point. That's the thing. For the Browns, I don't want to say the rest of the regular season doesn't matter. But they just want to get to the playoffs. And I just want to see them in the playoffs. I want to see what they've got. I want to see if this team has a shot to be as good as they've been at times, or if they're going to, you know, get outscored 28 to three in the second half, which, which team are they? That's all I want to know. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see that develop. And I'm not too concerned with the collapse either. I mean, is it noticeable on paper? Yes. But if you watch the game, you know, it really felt like Cleveland's game, the entire game, even when the Titans try to get something rolling, it was too big a mountain to climb. Let's drop down to the Colts and Texans. That was a coin toss. Uh, just trying to speed things up a little bit. You know, it really could have been anyone's game. It was a twenty-six to twenty affair. The Colts won it. The Colts are eight and four. Texans are four and eight, and that's basically 
Not anything too shocking, not anything too much to talk about there, regardless of your thoughts. Trade Deshaun Watson. <laughs> okay, Trade yeah, someone wants to tank, someone wants to uh, tank for Trevor there. But it's hard to do that when you have four wins, so I'll no, say keep no, him around no. and build around him. No, don't. No, you're misunderstanding me. Don't tank for Trevor. Free Deshaun Watson. He doesn't deserve this crap. Like, we're seeing a lot of improvement with the new coach, and that's great. Let him out. Set him free. He deserves to go to a team that he can do good on. He deserves a team. He should be the replacement for Alex Smith. Send him to Washington. I never thought I'd be saying that. I never thought I'd be, you know, advertising Washington as a good place to go. Send him to Washington. Let him be on a team that isn't the Texans. Please, I beg of you. You are wasting this man. He has Hall of Fame talent, and he's being wasted on the Texans. Get him out. Free Deshaun Watson. Well, I don't think this is a free situation just yet. I know a lot of teams go through bad years. Uh, Philip Rivers, Hall of Famer, had a lot of them with uh, San Diego, now Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, no, he's not a Hall of Famer yet, but he's going to be. Um, as far as Deshaun Watson goes, I suggest building around him. So we disagree there. We'll get more into that when uh, our next off, like our off-season episodes begin. I guess uh, Lions and Bears. I yai freaking yai. Thirty-four to thirty, the Lions squeak out a win while Chicago loses their sixth straight game for the first time since the year I was born. Bears are what I thought they were. What else was there to Sucky. say? They're, yeah. they're as bad as I knew they were going to be. Their offenses had a decent game, but their QBs are as bad as I knew they were going to be. They're the Bears. I expected no different. They had one good year. They stink. Uh, free Khalil Mack, I guess. I don't know. Like, I, this team's so not worth talking about to me. Like, I just – I don't care. Like, they they have such a good defense, and they waste it. I don't care. I this team sucks. Yeah. Yeah, I don't God. like them very much right now. Ever since they double doinked, I've been cheering for them to lose. And my goodness, business has been booming. <laughs> and as far as the Lions are concerned, fans, I'm sorry. But don't you get hopeful the Lions are still trash as well. This was really a sloppy affair for a game that was 64 total points. And both teams are 5-7. and seven, So, yippee-ki-yay. Uh, Saints and Falcons. Falcons lost sixteen to twenty-one. They're four and eight, while the Saints cruise to ten and two. And the Saints also clinched the first playoff berth. Actually, it might be the second playoff berth in the league. First, first but, we've touched on. Yeah, well, twenty-one to sixteen. Not crazy impressive, but kind of what we expected from a stingy Atlanta team. Not really too much to talk about. I don't think Taysom Hill is all that he's cracked up to be. Um, but other people may disagree. That's fine. I can't wait to see what happens if Drew Brees gets back. I still think they should have given Winston a game, but that's just me. Like I know, like I know, Hill's undefeated and good for him. He's not that strong of a quarterback. We saw it when he played against Denver. They they had their QB and they still hardly passed it and were ineffective when they did. I'd give it to to Jameis at least for a game. Let's see what he's got. But I guess you're paying, you know, you're paying Taysom more money, so they want to get their dollars worth. I guess I don't know. I'd like to see Jameis though. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that 100%. I'm actually a Jameis Winston fan. Uh, as far as the story goes, you know, he's never, he didn't have the best background, of course, but where he is now compared to where he was shows a lot of maturity and growth that I think a lot of GMs are looking for in their organization. So he'll get a job if it's not with New Orleans after this season. 
And I look forward to seeing what he does in the future. Uh, tip my hat to him. Uh, Rams and Cardinals. Rams are now 9-4 and four and top of the division with the Seattle loss after beating the Cardinals, who are now 6-6. Six and six. This is basically what's appearing to be a complete collapse of a once-competitive Arizona team. And a flex of the muscle by the Rams team that actually has already played their Week 14 game. Uh, we'll talk about that in just a moment. So technically they're uh, – are they ten and four now? I believe. Um, I don't know actually. Uh, nine and four or ten and four? I can't remember. They're nine and four. I said I was pretty sure they had their bye week, so I was pretty sure it would be nine and four. Yeah, they're not. Again, good game uh, by the Rams. Oh man, what do you what do you do in Arizona? I mean, they've got every piece that they need to win. Like. I don't know what they're missing there. I don't know what's not gelling. Is it a coaching thing? Had they figured out Kyler Murray? I think it's just a culture issue, to be honest with you. It's just some something's off the chemistry a little bit. Because when you saw a little success, they didn't really do anything with it. If they miss the playoffs, it'll be a disaster. Like, at the end of the day, it's going to be a disaster if they miss. So, I, I like Arizona. I want them to turn this around. I'm not sure I see it. Yeah, I'm with you. Now, uh, before we jump into Eagles-Packers, let's talk about the Patriots a little bit because they are arguably the most confusing team in the league right now. Uh, they blow out the Chargers 45 to nothing. Nothing too surprising there except for the score. That's No, that's 45-point shutout. That's crazy. And it's uh, the largest deficit in Los Angeles' franchise history. Just a fun fact for you there. But... 45 to nothing in week 13. Then you go and you lose to uh, – who did they lose to week 14? I'm Rams. Blanking. Oh, yeah, the Rams. <laughs> Again, sorry, I'm dumb. 24 to 3 win by the Rams. And that's week 14 talk for you. This is just really impressive all the way around for the L.A. Rams and really not flattering at all for Bill Belichick's team. Um, I don't know that that's a fair statement to make. I mean, they play against a team that's, you know – nine and four and they lose not a blowout game, but not a close one. And then they play a team that's around their record and kill them. Uh, Cam Newton's not the answer. He's just like, we all kind of knew he wasn't after like week five, but three points getting benched. It confirms that he's not the guy. He's a solid backup. Sure. But the Patriots don't have a QB in that room who can be a starter. You know, I don't care what they did against the Chargers. That's, Great, you know, great staff booster. Makes you feel real warm and fuzzy inside, whatever. And then three points against the Rams. The Rams have a good defense, so, like, I'll give them that. But, you know, you need to put up more than three points. I'm curious how much of this is Belichick holding this team together. But I, they're, they're not making the playoffs. Yeah, at this point with the Bills and the Dolphins in your league, you know, you're in contention mathematically, but not realistically. And I am so excited that that's the case. But that's just my bias coming through. Uh, next season, Patriots fans. Now, um, as far as the Eagles and Packers are concerned, because that's really the last game we have to talk about from week 13. Which is good, uh, because I have a lot to say about the Eagles. All right. Well, uh, the Packers won 30-16. to 16. They improved to 9-3, and three, while the Eagles are chilling at we can probably disregard this game. You know, this game to me is a bit of a microcosm and a bigger issues. This Eagles team, 
this Eagles team is in a bad spot. I mean, you know, you can argue who you want to blame. Here's the truth. Every single member of this Eagles team is responsible for this. Oh, well, it's if the GM's bad. The GM has made horrible drafting decisions multiple years in a row now. You know, taking Rigger over Jefferson or even Claypool has been a bad decision so far. They took uh, Whiteside, like J.J. Argesia, Whiteside over D.K. Metcalf, which, you know, Metcalf put up more yards against the Eagles than Whiteside has in his entire career. Bad drafting decisions. This team has made bad decisions. They draft Jalen Hurts, leave a lot of good players on the board to get him. And it's almost looking kind of smart right now. But, you know, you paid Carson Wentz franchise money. You handed him the keys of the kingdom. You said, you're our guy. And they have done nothing to help him out. Nothing. I mean, you know, you're getting guys in, like, you've got some interesting young talent on your receiving core. Not much of it, but you've got a little bit of it. And you're not using it. You're putting in guys who haven't been good in years. You know, you've got your Al- your Jeffries, your Deshaun Jacksons, you know, guys they bring in who aren't doing the job. You're taking away snaps from them. Your offensive line is in tatters. Whoever's in charge of, like, keeping the player's health needs to be shot out of a cannon because he's doing a bad job. Oh, that's called the offensive lineman, but when there's no one to protect the offensive lineman, then, well... Yeah, linemen, yeah. linemen are going down. Yeah, exactly. The linemen go down. Wentz goes down every year except this year. You know, people dropping like flies in this organization. That has never been addressed, or if it has, it hasn't been addressed well. You know, the coach is calling awful plays. Carson Wentz has no confidence. He's just hawking the ball sometimes, and Shockingly, that doesn't work at the NFL level. His decision-making shot. This entire team. Like, why Miles Sanders has been great, and he's not getting snaps. This team has yeah. so much potential to them. They have so much that could be going right, and everyone from top to bottom is failing. It's remarkable, honestly. Yeah, I'm with you. And as far as the Jalen Rager situation goes... You know, it's the same thing as Miles Sanders. We don't know because they're not getting the ball. These are horrible decisions being made up in ownership, up in coaching, and these players are kind of just sitting ducks, wondering what's going to happen next. And am I going to get hurt? Am I going to have to perform a horrible play call? Uh, where's the loyalty to that? Where, where's the sorry? Where's the strive to want to be loyal to that? I expect a lot of off-season changes out of this organization, and I'm afraid that you might be looking at a almost rebuild situation, Philly fans. Here's you know what the problem is about Miles Sanders. They have seen him play, and they have seen that he's good, and they still don't play him as much as they should. And I mean, listen, Jalen Hurts. Uh, I liked him as an interesting prospect. I thought he could have been an interesting option for the Steelers. I'm kind of glad we avoided him because I didn't think Big Ben would, you know, be competent still. I thought his arm would be shot. You know, I thought he was an interesting option. You know, I like him. He seems like a nice enough guy. You know, he got a touchdown and a pick in his first debut in this game. He might do okay. You know, he might go out there. I don't think he'll, you know, Nathan Peterman it. But do you really look at him and think he's the future of the franchise? Because if the answer is no, 
why are you playing him? And also, why did you draft him, I suppose? Like, you can't play him for one game and then go back to Carson Wentz. You can't do that. Like, if he had, if they communicate, hey, we're giving him a break, which I think they should have done earlier in the season, we're going to give him a break, we're going to let him go back, and we're going to see if his confidence is better. That's fine. This is a benching. There's no hope for Carson Wentz in that organization. They've given up. They've thrown in the towel. Ah, he's not fixable. And, you know, how how do you rebuild with his contract? Do you, do you trade him? Do you call a team like the Bears and say, hey, like, do you want a quarterback who's also playing dysfunctional? For more money? For I mean, yeah, but you're the Bears. You're desperate. You need something. Yeah, and, so, and who's willing to pay that money? Definitely the Bears. Yeah, I mean, Wentz has been good in the past, at least, unlike Trubisky. So, I mean, he's got something going for him here. You know, Wentz had a couple good regular seasons. He did pretty well last year. And you didn't give him enough talent to actually succeed. You gave him enough talent to be meh. And he looked at that and decided to be awful. Like, I, I don't know what yeah, the solution is here. I really don't. You know, Carson Wentz, come on, man. You're better than this. And we all know it. But you're not acting like it. The Eagles organization, you're going downhill. Uh, I'm glad you won your Super Bowl. And best of luck to you in the future. But come on, guys. And from the Packers, you're 9-3. and three, You're cruising. You're doing really, really well. Keep it up, and you might just see a number one seed in your future. Um, to move on, you know, just got a couple more games to go through from week 13. We're just going to speed run this. Uh, Bills 49ers. Bills win 34 to 24. They improved to nine and three, while the 49ers sit back at five and seven without any hopes of making the playoffs virtually. Okay. No surprise there. They're done. Kiss them goodbye. Hard, hard to fault them, though. I mean, so many injuries, but again, it feels like they're like the Eagles. Every year we talk about the Niners injuries. And everyone, every year they're like, ah, oh, well, the injuries. Do something about it. Like, you don't look at the Patriots every year and go, man, they're demolished. You don't look at the Steelers and go, they got destroyed on injuries. No. Those teams keep, you know, as healthy as you can keep your team in football. You're obviously going to have injuries. Like, those teams survive. They keep their guys relatively healthy. And, you know... I get that there's a bit of a narrative of, you know, if you're injured, be honest, sit out. You're better that way. Like I, I agree with that a hundred percent. And maybe Niners players are just more willing to do that than other players. I hope, I hope every player is smart enough to do that. Not all of them are, but you know, if you're hurt, sit them down. And if every single year your team is getting halfway moved into the IR, someone's making a mistake. And you got to figure out who that is, and you got to correct it. I, I don't know. It's like it's the same excuse every year for this team. They made the Super Bowl once when they were healthy, and every other year they've just been demolished. It's I don't know, like fire somebody and do something new. And, and not even that healthy may I remind you from an Eagles standpoint, because you lost your starting quarterback at the time was Carson Wentz. Nick Foles comes in and cleans up shop, gets the job done. These are teams that in the past have known how to deal with their injuries and are now are just piling up to a big pile of excuses. That's exactly what it is, excuses. And I cannot wait to see them get over themselves and get over the hump. 
Uh, now, uh, I don't know if I agree with that one. That take for the 49ers. The Eagles, I agree with that with. Because, I mean, they went 9-7 and seven last year, and they, were, they had bodies piling up everywhere. The Niners are pretty much, you lose your quarterback, you suck no matter what. That's what the Niners have done the last, you know. Garoppolo's had a couple, you know, season-ending injuries, and they've been bad without him. Enter uh, Philadelphia Eagles, Kansas City Chiefs, Tennessee Titans. Uh, should I keep going? Because in recent history, backups have proven to be just as valuable as starting quarterbacks for a few teams. Um, I get what you're saying there, but that doesn't mean the situation in San Francisco isn't still a oh. bunch of excuses because that's exactly what I it is. I think it's a little different than the Eagles, though, because, again, we saw the Eagles win the division last year with practice squad receivers, and everyone was going, oh, man, guys, Carson Wentz over Dak Prescott. Well, that take didn't go very well. You know, like for them, it's different because we've seen them do this before. You know what I mean? Like we've seen the Eagles be good with injuries before. The Niners, you know, once you ding them up a little bit, they give up. They quit. They're done. So at least for them, it's consistent. Like I, I at least give them that. Like, you know, with this team, when they get hurt, they're going to be done. That's what's frustrating about the Eagles is they've done this before. They've been in this situation and they've won. So why not now? That's that's what the difference between those two teams to me. Okay, I, I can respect that. Uh just briefly to end this, uh, Cowboys, no shocker here, lost to the Ravens. Seven and five go the Ravens. Three and nine are the disappointment of the Cowboys team. Please, Ryan, don't even talk about it. As far as the Ravens are concerned, you're rolling, but you're possibly not even going to make the playoffs either. No, they'll make it. I, I'm confident that we'll see the Ravens in the playoffs. All right. Well, keep in mind that uh, uh, AFC uh, North is closing up pretty quick, bud. Steelers and Browns are already one game away from, like, clinching playoffs, and they're the Ravens just chilling. Um, lastly, Kansas City Chiefs barely squeak out a win against the Denver Broncos. Uh, they're still my eyes, best team in the league, but I have biased eyes. But they're 11-1, so their record says something nice. So are the Steelers. 22-16 uh, and 16 was the score. Uh, Could have been a win for the Broncos. They just couldn't capitalize. And so that's a scare, but it's nowhere near as disappointing a game as, say, the Seahawks game or the Pittsburgh game. So, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, Chiefs, hard to argue. They have the best roster in the league. I mean, their defense could be a little better, but when your offense is that good, you can live with a little better. <laughs> well, teams on by for week 13 were the Buccaneers and the Panthers. Uh, now let's just honestly, I think we should just do what we do and go right into the actual week fourteen game picks. All right, I I'm a little interested. I I think we're gonna have some interesting matchups here that I think looking at them might be some tough choices here. All right, well jumping into it. Also, just so you know, last week the results were Ryan. You beat me by one game. You were nine and six for game picks, and you had a 58% correct percentage. So you won 58% of the games you predicted, and I won 53% of the games I predicted with an eight and seven record. Let's see how that goes, and I'll continue to keep score as we go. Vikings versus Bucks. I'm taking the Buccaneers. Coming off a bye week, they'll be well-rested, and Kirk Cousins still isn't the answer. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
Titans versus Jaguars. Titans. I I I want to yeah. I want to be nice to the Jaguars. So I'm going to say it'll actually be a closer game than some think, but I'm not nice enough to call that upset. Sorry. I've got I've got pride on the line here. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. Uh everything you just said, correct. Titans will improve to 9 and 4. Uh Jacksonville will improve to 1 and 12 and keep their hopes of the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes alive. Uh, Cardinals versus Giants. I'm going to go Giants. I, I have to agree. Part of me feels like this could be what restarts the Cardinals, but I'm just not. I can't bet against a team that just took down Seattle. Well, now the Cowboys are taking Andy Dalton to Cincinnati, where he played for for so many years. Who's going to win this? Um, ooh, this is a this is a tough game to be honest. Is it Ryan Finley starting for the Bengals? I believe. Oh so. my! I'm not sure. Goodness, this is going to be an awful game. Oh man, this is going to be an ugly one. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to have to give it to the Cowboys. I think Dalton's just more poised than Finley is, and he's got more weapons. But I could see it going either way. Yeah, I'm actually taking the Bengals just because I don't like the culture in Dallas right now. And I think the Bengals are hungry for something. So we'll see. I could very easily be wrong. You Both know? of us could be. It's This is going to be the ultimate tank bowl. It's going to be bad. A rematch of Super Bowl 50. The Broncos travel to Carolina, a matchup of two, four, and eight teams. I'm going to take Carolina. I think Teddy has a much higher floor and a pretty close ceiling to anything Denver's going to be able to throw at him. So I assume, I assume, I assume it's going to be Drew Locke, but it's hard to say for sure. Um, I don't know. I like Teddy, so I'm going to go with Carolina. I agree. I think it's going to be a blowout by Carolina. Oh, really? Yeah. I could easily be wrong with that, but we'll see. Um, Jets versus Seahawks. I have to stop myself from picking Jets for the meme. I have to stop my – no, I'm going Seahawks. I can't do it. I'm not – again, too much pride on the line, but I kind of want to pick the Jets. Hey, Ryan. What are you doing? What are you What are you about to do? Give me a J. No, don't do this. Give Poor... me an E. Don't do this to me. Because T-S, Jets are going to lose to the Seahawks by 20 points. Uh, Next you... game – uh, <laughs> oh. I'm evil, man. I'm evil. Wow, okay, I see how it is. I see how it is. Colts and Raiders. <laughs> Colts, better team. I mean, quarterbacks are pretty similar, but I'm taking the Colts. Yeah, I'm taking the Colts as well. Um, Saints and Eagles, do we need to talk about it? Part of me wants to pick the Eagles. I don't know. I'm feeling dumb, but I'm not doing it. Got to be Saints. Yeah, Saints. Um, let's see. We got the – oh, this is interesting. The football team versus the 49ers. Oh, it's got to be the football team. Ab- Since when has the football team not won a game? I mean, pff, crazy. I feel like that was a shot, um, but okay. <laughs> yeah, it was just a shot at their name, which I still love to say, by the way. Falcons and Chargers. I did Justin Herbert play against the Patriots? I, I didn't actually watch that game, uh, so I actually don't know who I assume he was because I didn't hear about him being injured. I 
believe so. Yeah. I uh, don't imagine why he wouldn't. That's what I mean. Like, there might be like an injury or something. I think he did. I think Herbert's going to take a page out of Aaron Rodgers' book and be pissed off Justin Herbert. And I think he's going to guide the Chargers to a win. Yeah, I got the Falcons taking this one, actually. I don't see him as being someone who can afford to be ticked off at this point. And then the Falcons are just too stingy a team to let up a loss like that. Uh, Packers and Lions. Packers, no question. Packers, no question. I have to agree. Uh, Steelers and Bills. I'm taking the Bills. I, you know, I just have a feeling Josh Allen is going to have a real good game. I can see Ben faltering a little bit in this game against a good defense. I'm taking the Bills. Are you yes. sure? 100%. No, no one's 100% sure. I'm not a, you know, a fortune teller, but you got to do what you got to do. And I'm taking I'm taking the Bills. Ryan takes the Bills. Wyatt's taking the Steelers. Nothing wrong with that pick either, but here's the thing. Either I'm wrong or the Steelers win. I win either way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we NFL fans, listen to this stupid head. Um, Ravens and Browns. Ooh, man, that's a good question. That's a good. That's going to be a good game. I feel like it's going to be the Ravens. Their offense was in full. I mean, again, against an abysmal Cowboys defense, but they got their rushing game fully going. I have a feeling they're going to squeak one out here. Um, I really got the Browns. After seeing how they were able to control the game against the Titans last week and the way they're rolling, plus an opportunity for Cleveland to finally clinch a playoff spot, i got to pick Browns. That's a fair one, too. Plus, may I remind you, if the Browns win and the Ravens lose, that window of opportunity for the Ravens to make the playoffs becomes all of a sudden so much smaller. I mean, it is honestly, they are almost completely at risk of falling out of the race if they lose uh, tomorrow. So, yeah, best of luck to that team. They're, they are looking at 8-5 and five or 7-6 and six, or no, a tie, but where's the fun in that? Oh, man, I can't wait for there to actually be a tie. And we're just going to be like, well, no fun. Well, I saved this matchup for last because, honestly, I think it could be game of the week. Um, Chiefs versus Dolphins. Of course, you saved the Chiefs for last. I see how it is. Yeah, yeah. I'm not betting on this Chiefs team to lose another game. I'm not. I'm taking Chiefs. You're taking Especially Chiefs? after we saw a very meh offensive performance from the Dolphins. I really don't know what to pick. I think I'm at a loss. A loss for who? I'll give the loss to Miami, but it really could go either way. It is a toss up in my eyes. And I'll go Chiefs because they're my team, you know, but I don't feel good about it. Miami's scary, man. Miami is scary, and they will continue to be scary. Oh, they're definitely a good team, but I don't know if they're Chiefs good. Yeah, that's kind of where my head's at when I make that pick. But I worry also that's my bias coming through as well. 
Uh, one more thing to cover with y'all. The Patriots and Rams played, and we talked earlier, the Rams beat uh, the Patriots 24-3. to This is a Week 14 game. We couldn't get our weekly episode out in time for that uh, prediction to be made. Uh, so we can't give you our official predictions. So whenever that happens, this will go in the tie I predict. I predict right. the Patriots will win. Oh, well, that would be a horrible prediction. <laughs> I actually would have picked Really? Yeah. Fair, fair, but fair, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think I think the Patriots offense is going to put up 70 points. I think it's going to be a massacre. Well, Ryan, listen to this stat. Because that goes in the tie column, we are both currently 0-0 zero, zero, and 1. Hey, let's go. Good way to start. A good. I think it's also going to be a good tight competition between us this week. <laughs> Well, we actually let, let me just see what uh, let me just review really quick. See if that actually is what happened. Uh, we agreed on one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten of the sixteen possible matchups. That's really impressive. And here's the thing: we'll probably be wrong on seven of those. Just why not? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but the thing is, if we're wrong on that, it doesn't really change like the difference of games. Like I'm trying to beat you, and you're trying to beat me by the end of the season, and the winner will probably—I don't know—we might do yeah, something we'll, for our. We'll figure something media. out. Do you want to plug our Instagram, Ryan? Well, feels tough because you know there haven't been quite any posts on it. But Two Dudes Football, part of the Two Dudes Podcast family, you can find us on Instagram. We, at the time of recording this, are yet to say too, too much, but we've got a lot coming. Probably some good clips from this. Some, you know, if you need to see quite where the score is at at any given time between our competition, you don't want to revisit an hour-long podcast episode, we'll have that on our Instagram. We'll have takes, maybe some memes. We'll have anything we can think of. So if you're interested, two dudes football, go follow it and enjoy the best, most premium football content. Yep. I can't even say that when there's so many other football pages. Not yet, but we will be there soon enough. So we look forward to having you there. Yeah, my uh, Ryan, I just got to say that was beautiful what you said. I like the optimism, and we'll be there shortly. Now, we have one more uh, time-honored tradition here in the Two Dudes family of giving the Two Dudes shout-out. Now, I'm not quite sure we got to do it uh, last week. I can't remember how the we did. editing played out. We did? Well, we did Sarah Fuller, who, by the way, kicked an extra point. First woman to ever kick a point in Power 5 college history. We gave it the shout out last. Okay, well, congratulations to her. Today's shout-out, this goes back to you – know, if you listen to our uh, hockey podcast, we would – pick you no know, meaningful causes and then sometimes not so meaningful causes this is a really not so meaningful uh cause but it just makes me happy today's shout out goes to bill belichick oh yeah um i just wanted to say thank you so much for uh losing to the rams you know it was a beautiful thing it really was it was like uh you know that feeling uh no sorry that scene in madagascar where Marty and uh, Alex were on a beach running towards each other. I do. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, uh, was it Marty thinking Alex was going to attack him or Alex actually tried to attack him? He thought it was friendly, and then he really, he was like getting angrier as they got closer. 
Yeah, that's what it felt like if you're a Patriots fan right now. You're like, oh, yeah, another opportunity to beat the Rams. Last time it happened, we won a Super Bowl, which nothing super about that bowl. It was crap. But in turn, it was like the zebra just turned around and stomped the lion. And I really appreciate the Rams for doing so. It really made me smile. Put a smile on my face. But, you know, if you're a Patriots fan listening to this, I do apologize to your team. I don't. I will say that. Well, no, I, I just want to say I'm sorry that your team sucks. You beat the Steelers um, too many times. You deserve this. Yeah, I'm not. you beat the Chiefs way too many times. But Mahomes has won two straight against Brady as well, so I'm happy about that. Uh, so the thing Steelers fans and Chiefs fans can all agree on is we don't like the Patriots right now. So, yeah. I think more than just our fan bases agree on that. Well, it's something that we can at least agree on. And, Ryan, you know we have our differences, but we do. You know, we can really come together and just trash the Patriots. It's true. I have the winning hockey team. You have the winning football team. But at least we're not Patriots or Eagles fans. Uh, or Bruins or Flyers. Balance as everything should be. Well, Ryan, anything else? Um... I don't think so. I think we kind of touched on everything. Um, the only thing I can think of is Michael Gallup for league MVP. <laughs> yeah, that uh, makes perfect sense. And while we're at it, comeback player of the year absolutely goes to Patrick Mahomes. Uh, After a rough last season, he really, he really bounced back, you know? Yeah, he absolutely came back in a big way. So congratulations to him. Oh, and one more thing, Defensive Player of the Year has to be Aaron Rodgers. Uh, no, it's got to be Young Hoku. Actually, I think he also gets MVP, Comeback Player, Offensive, Defensive. I mean, he just gets all the awards, honestly. For having the dopest name in the league and a name that really makes me, like, scratch my head every time I say it. Yeah, I probably horribly – actually, I feel like I might have pronounced it right. I don't know. It's hard to tell with that name, but I'm going to say for my own sake oh. that I pronounced it right. I think it's actually uh, Young Wei, but I'm not sure. Oh, maybe. Ah, dang it. I got it wrong on the end. Let me just say this. If you were him, which would you rather go by? Uh, Best kicker in the league. That's the term I'd like to go by. <laughs> He's not there yet. Uh, there's maybe three, four kickers I can think of that are better than him right now, but He's close. He's up um, there. Sure. You can argue where you want. I He's definitely top five. Uh, top five, probably top three. Top five, uh, top four for me. I could probably think of three characters that are better than him, but my uh, brain is swelling. I took the ACT earlier today. Ah. Uh, don't think I did bad, though, so we'll see how that goes. Which No, I don't think I did bad, which means I probably got like a negative four. Maybe maybe if it goes real well, that'll be the show out of the week next week. Well, I won't get my results probably for another month, maybe two. So maybe, maybe not then, maybe not. It would be the perfect Christmas gift, though, but, you know, they don't really care about that. Yeah, but if you fail, then it's the worst Christmas gift, so I think they're actually being generous. <laughs> well, Brian, go ahead, sign us out. Thank you for putting up with our stupidity today, guys. Thank you, everyone, so much for watching. You know what? I'm feeling generous. You know, well, not even generous. I'm feeling like we need to, you know, give proper credit, because last week we forgot to shout out a few special people. Their names, oh. their names slipped our heads. The people who, you know, help work on this. Because we're not just two dudes. I mean, we're two dudes talking, sure. 
but there are more than just two dudes behind the scenes. Well, uh, like in the hockey podcast, you know, all the people that I would shout out. Yeah, I I, kind of like took over their jobs. So it really is just two dudes right now. Yeah, but I wanted to give them a shout out anyway, because they were there. They helped get us started. Yeah, that was all completely jokes there. Abby Hewling, our co-graphic design head, as well as Jason Wicker, our audio editor. Actually, I do the the editing, but he like designs the audio. So maybe audio designer is a better term. But yeah, the, the cool jingle you hear at the beginning and end. Yeah, that's all him. Not just two dudes. We're three dudes and a girl. But that doesn't sound as catchy, so... Yeah, and plus two of them don't even talk on the show, so we could actually have them on one day, though. That'd be Ooh, funny. That, that, that would be something. Maybe maybe that's an off-season episode right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jason, what do you think about the uh, New York trade? Uh, where's New York, you know? <laughs> I think it's in Kansas, but I'm not sure. What's a York, and where do I buy one, you know? Does Old York have a team? <laughs> I thought New York and New England were the same thing. They both have new in their name. So, I mean, honestly, they, there's hardly a difference. Didn't we go and, like, gain our freedom for New York? What do you mean, our? I'm Canadian. I don't know. Oh, wait. Isn't Canada part of America? Yeah, you wish. You wish you had us part of you. If you're still listening, we love you, Ryan. I don't, know how we ended, away. I don't know how we ended up there, but thank you everyone so much for listening. We are excited to see me win the predictions again this week, and we'll be there to talk about that and the results of the games and whatever other news the league decides to bless us with next week. But until then, I don't know, take care of yourself and get your Christmas shopping done because I'm Ryan Paul Severe alongside Wyatt Fairman. Peace.